Hello friends, welcome to episode number 42 of Starting to Know Business Podcast with your host and your friend Ishu Singh. If you're listening to this podcast for the very first time, Starting to Know Business is all about business. Yeah, you're not going to start to know that, but you will be starting to know many things. <laughs> you're you're going to start to know many, many things in business, around business, and mostly about business. We will be talking about many personal life things as well, yeah, you and I. Let's start from the first part. How are you doing? Are all well in your family? Is everyone healthy? That's the main and the first part in life. Podcasts, videos, content, money, business, all these things are secondary. Or I don't think so. it even exists. It has no importance. Your health, your family, things like that always comes first. Don't you agree with me? I think you do. I very firmly believe that. And if you're a repeat listener, you're listening to this podcast for the second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth, ninth, tenth time. Thank you so much for coming back and listening to this episode as well. This really means a lot to me. Yes, means a lot to me. If you want to learn more about me, specifically me, go to issuesing.com. I-S-H-U-S-I-N-G-H.com. Go to issuesing.com, send me an email, we can talk there. Yep, that's the way to get in touch with me. In today's episode, I have Alex with me. Alex is a co-founder and CEO of Northshore.ai. Northshore AI, a knowledge network that enables companies to manage curated information. We can talk about the product, other things around the product, with Alex directly, but let me give you a little bit of information about Alex. Alex is a three-time entrepreneur. He's founded different companies. This is not the first company that he has founded. Other companies that he founded has been acquired. So, yeah, you are going to learn from someone who has already done that. He did it. You should not miss this episode, period. This is the one for you. If you want to learn the journey of getting your startup acquired or how he did it, how Alex did it, because I will be asking him this question, he cannot escape. So I will be asking him this question. If you want to learn about acquisition and things like that, keep on listening to this episode. I promise that you are going to learn. By the end of this episode, you will have another level of knowledge like how the startups get acquired, what goes behind the scene, because I prepared my mind that I'm going to ask these questions to Alex. So without further ado, let's jump. Let's welcome Alex. Hi, Alex. Welcome to the pod. Thank you for having me. You're very welcome here. Alex, let's start from the very first question. What is North Shore AI? We are a knowledge network for companies and organizations that help the team curate and maintain information uh, that the team needs to do their job, uh, making sure the information is fresh, trusted, and uh, available when it's needed. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Can you elaborate a little bit more uh, for the ease of understanding? Absolutely. So think about 
let's say you are a uh, a member of a customer success team. Um, how do you know that uh, you know if you're trying to troubleshoot a particular feature? Um, you oftentimes will have written down some procedure somewhere on how to debug or troubleshoot something. Uh, but in this fast-moving world, that you know, new feature get uh, deployed that affect old ones, or things change, uh, positioning change, and all of a sudden that procedure that you have in in troubleshooting no no longer valid. Um, so we are a platform that help you build a habit really as a team to keep that kind of information up to date and making sure that there's owner assigned so that when you have um, key tasks that you need to do and relying on information that you can actually trust the information that you find in, in your shared space. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's kind of a revision-based system. So every time the user is going to open that wiki or that knowledge base is going to have the latest information, right? Yeah, so we work with existing collaboration tools and mm -hmm. bringing this set of uh, capabilities to it, uh, in, including uh, things like yeah, revision and, and uh, it's kind of really actually more assigning an owner and then setting expiration dates on individual pieces of knowledge. Mm -hmm. um, and then, but then also making it easy to find uh, in, in where people work. So instead of having to open up the wiki, navigating the, the tree that might be hard to find, uh, we expose those information uh, through a Chrome extension and then mm -hmm. also in your chat apps such as Slack or, or MS Teams. So being able to, to just search for or uh, find information that, that you need uh, right from where you work. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Let's say you've written a procedure on make it even simpler mm. uh, your, your, your how to request for vacation mm. uh, in a company um, that procedure might you might want to update that every year right mm. Mm. Um, but how do you make how do you make sure that that is updated every year um, you can utilize our platform um, and then at the same time what the other problem is how do I people remember to find how to, where to find that particular procedure mm. uh, sometimes there's a buried deep in the company's wiki and we make it easy for you to find those. And actually, and then when you find the information, you know that it is kept up to date by the uh, by the owner. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Got it. Got it. Alex, you have you had one more product, right? X dot AI. Uh, what happened to that? Yeah. So that was uh, my second company, my my prior company that I started uh, back in two thousand and fourteen. Um, and actually just recently, uh, it was acquired. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. Yeah, like a couple months ago, a month uh, ago. Congrats. Thank you. Why there is so much love for AI? X.AI, <laughs> not sure.AI. <laughs> Why there is so much love? So I, I have been starting and, and, and uh, scaling companies for, uh, for the past 10 years. And mm. it had always um, had, to do with data, machine learning, uh, AI. Um, I just think that is such a fascinating area mm -hmm. and there's a lot of ability for us to, to kind of provide additional capability to the world and to, the pe to people um, using, using data, uh, mm -hmm. particularly in the productivity and, and, and company space. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. So yeah, that's, uh, that's why right. I love it. Yeah. 
Alex, are you more into coding or you're more so of a concept person, like coming up with new product ideas? I I do code, um, mm -hmm. although I am my co-founder is definitely a much better programmer than I am. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm definitely more of a product person, uh, somewhat of a sort of taking the balance between technology, but also market needs, uh, user needs, and and combining them in building exciting products for people. Alex, you mentioned the point of co-founder. So take me through the process of finding a co-founder. Like, is it important or it doesn't matter? Like you can do it on, on your own, basically try to, I'm trying to understand the mindset behind the scaling companies or scaled companies, as you, as you said, like you have scale, you have scaled companies before. So just yeah. wanted to ask you from that point of view. Yeah. So I have always been fans of having co-founders. Um, my first companies, we have four co-founders. My second company, we have four co-founders. Uh, my current company, there was two of us. Um, I think it's just, it's just such a lonely journey that uh, having someone there you can trust um, with complementary skills, um, being able to really work side by side in, in this, you know, long, lonely nights and, and weekends, uh, mm -hmm. I think it, it increased your chance of success dramatically. Mm -hmm. um, with that said, I think I, it, it's very, uh, I think actually from, from a lot of statistics, is it like one of the, um, most likely reason uh, when a startup fails is because of founder dispute. Mm -hmm. um, so I think it's, it's good, it's great to, to have a, a co-founder or have other co-founders, uh, but also it's super important in picking the right ones. Um, and for me, yeah, my current co-founder, we have worked together uh, for, for the past eight years mm -hmm. and across three companies. Uh, that definitely gives give me a lot of comfort on knowing knowing each other's different buttons, mm -hmm. how we work. Uh, of course, we can trust each other, mm -hmm. and, and knowing being able to uh, knowing that like he will he will provide what he promised that he would he would he would, uh, and I will do the same. Uh, that we have aligned uh, vision of the world, uh, mm -hmm. how we plan to act or would act uh, when things go great, go well, but, but also like not when, when things don't go very well. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Got it. Why did he choose like not sure as a product to build this time? Like, was there any reason or you both thought that, okay, there is something that is missing in the market in this particular area or was there, was there something else like completely something else that triggered this idea within you like yeah you have to do something like not sure yeah i think it's, it is important to at least for me it's important to be excited about what you're building as a company as a, and as a product and for us north shore is a, really addressing a lot of the challenges that, that we ran into when we were building our other companies mm -hmm. um being able to Yes, there, there are places for you to write stuff down, um, but there, as, a, as a team getting larger and larger and trying to coordinate, trying to get information to the right people without drowning them in, in noise, uh, keeping people in the loop, 
but then keeping information up to date, um, all those things, I, I felt like that's just a lot of um, pain out there for, for a team like, like ours and, and, and other teams I talk to. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that the, a product like that should exist to, uh, to, to help people. Cool. And what was the competitive analysis part of your selection strategy that you wanted to build something like this? So I think it's always important to, you know, understand who your customers are or potential customers are and also your competitors as well. Mm. Um, and I would say that it is a, the, the idea, the, the area of knowledge uh, in some, in some way, uh, one might say that there's actually a lot of competitors because I mean, you, you can write stuff down anywhere and then put a plenty of solution that allows you to write things down from, Google Drive to Microsoft Suites to, uh, you know, other wiki solutions. Mm-hmm. Um, but we, we see ourselves to be a little bit unique that like we don't, we're not really a, an other place for you to write stuff down. Mm-hmm. Uh, instead, we, we actually see that as an opportunity to work with many of these different collaboration tools uh, and providing, providing that capab- this set of capabilities uh, on top of them. Um, so our, our sort of competitor set is also very similar to our potential partner set. Mm-hmm. Um, and when it comes to like selection, of course, there's always a possibility for, the, for a potential customer to say, you know, I'm, I'm kind of okay with the status quo. I'm kind of okay with uh, having all my information in, in Google Drive and I don't need to uh, deploy another solution on top of it. And, and that's mm-hmm. possible. And that will sort of turn our, potential partnership into more of a competitor. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. This is, this is something interesting. Like, and it's because uh, most of the advice that you get from the market or from uh, other people is try to create a product that's gonna, that's gonna be easy to be absorbed by the market, but you are trying to break the stat- status quo by bringing the product that's that's doing the same thing but at the same time it's a little bit advanced so i can see like they're going to be opposing you as well because as you just said like google drive is one of the way to write the things but you are saying like in in order to convey that message like it's not a google drive thing like it's it's going to do much more than that and this is the hardest part as well right isn't it yeah no definitely i mean I think nowadays there are just so many different software solutions or software as a service out there doing many different things. Um, it's being able to stand, you know, out, being able to stand out and, 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 and uh, be able to talk about what, what makes you different uh, and why people should care. I think it's a big, it's a big challenge. It's certainly one of our challenges um, mm. That like what why why would you add us on uh, when you have some wiki solution and maybe yeah, have, have some uh, solution like Google Drive already? Uh, mm-hmm. So yes, yeah, definitely up, up to us to to tell that story and, and and show people why you should spend the extra money to mm-hmm. uh, to, to purchase our solution. Cool, cool. I know you you've gone through the acquisition process a couple of times before. I want you to share some insights with us like how how is that process like how it looks like not about your particular company like but like how overall these things 
go actually in depth, like if possible, like walk us through the scenario, like if possible, like how it works. Yeah, I think it's it is very different, and I think each case is unique. Mm. Um, but uh, I think there's there's a lot of areas that that some one might look at from sort of the fit between your company with the potential acquirer. Um, do you have an aligned vision on what the world should look like, or does it matter to you? Um, and so to, to give you a sense of particularly my first company and first acquisition, um, we were, the, the products were different, but very complementary. Mm-hmm. Um, but we were selling to uh, the same customer. So there's a lot of sy- true synergy, even though everybody's always talking about synergy. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a lot of synergy that, and we actually essentially, after the acquisition, were able to start selling the two products together uh, almost on day one. Mm-hmm. Um, and that makes a lot of sense. And of course, it makes a lot of sense financially and also just in, in, the, in the integration perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I think the funny thing is that like the acquirer at that point actually did try to build something uh, like our solution, but uh, actually from the process of building actually realizing the, the value that we bring to the table and, and, and the positioning we have in the market um, that, that our customer actually like our solution more and, and they, they want our solution. Um, but at the same time, um, they had, uh, they had a, a better business model than, uh, than we were. So it was just in, in, in that particular case, which is a really nice um, way to combine forces because it now all of a sudden the, the, the two products are complementary, you can sell together, sell to the same people, the team can gel, product can gel, and the marketing and sales effort can gel. So sometimes things work out really nicely. And, mm-hmm. and, and that, uh, that certainly was my, my, my first experience. Mm-hmm. Alex, so, um, someone likes your product, they're going to they're gonna offer you the money. Like what, what actually happens like it's in the process? Is that, okay, after the negotiation, uh, like of course negotiation is going to happen like they're going to offer you some money you're going to say no yes uh, we want more they're going to give you more <laughs> if if ready what happens what happens uh, after that like is is the part of the condition always the same like you have to work for the acquirer for some amount of years so that they can absorb your product knowledge as well it's actually no um, so so of course, people t- focus on the money, mm. um, but actually there's a lot of other pieces that go into the, the acquisition and then, and then post, post-emerging post acquisition. Like for example, what happened to the team? Mm. Um, so for, for example, like it, it matters to us a lot that, um, that our team was taken care of, that, that they all have jobs at, at the, after the acquisition. Mm. Um, and, you know, and, and for for key members, um, actually, again, for my first acquisition, there was actually no requirement for us to stay. Uh, mm-hmm. We could have walked out the door the day after the deal was closed. Uh, we did stay uh, more out of a sense of obligation and, and, and that, that we care about the product and, and it is success. 
mm-hmm. um, that we we stuck around for uh, uh, over a year to make sure that the team and the product in, are integrated. Uh, mm-hmm. But of course, you see other acquisition that I'm sure you read uh, in 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 tech press and others that sometimes <laughs> you you're stuck there for two years, four yeah. years to to invest out your. Uh, your, your, your time. I think it very much depends on, on the, how the management team teams on both sides feel. Um, and then also, yeah, what, what, what is needed by the, by the, by the business of the company. Mm-hmm. Alex, you, you are a fan of uh, raising the money or you're a fan of uh, the bootstrap way. <laughs> um, so I have raised venture money for both uh, the, the first two companies. And mm-hmm. I have raised a, a little bit of money also for the current company. So I've mm-hmm. always raised money. Mm-hmm. Um, although for the first company, I, we, we actually started, at, started off as bootstrap and we thought we were gonna bootstrap the, uh, the whole way. Mm-hmm. Um, I, can, I think the best way to think about it in my mind is, is truly there are a very small subset of company that should raise money. Um, not to raise money so that you can build the product um, because you, I, I'm, I'm a believer that you should find ways to, 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 to build things and, 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 and talk to your customer and, and get, get customers and pay for your product. Mm-hmm. Um, so the only reason you really, you would raise money is to accelerate. Mm-hmm. So being able to, maybe hire people, maybe just use the resources in, in, in better way. So really pull forward the progress that you would make anyway, had you been bootstrapping. Um, but that only works when you think that the true hand on heart, that you truly believe that the product or the company can, can be massive someday. Mm. Um, and, and there's really a lot of products out there, out there in the world that, don't fit that category and, and should not raise money. Um, and they would actually make the founders a lot of money. I mean, sometimes in the, in the case, it makes a lot more money mm. without giving away any equity and be able to just build the, the business slowly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. So, yeah, so it's, it's kind of a, um, I would say if I would have to rephrase, like try to find the product market fit with your own money or your own on your own, like in a bootstrap way, when you feel that you have, you're confident about the product and you feel that this product can actually grow and give the return back to the investor and, and return back to you for the time and the money that, that would have been invested. So reach up to that level, then look for external money because it's going to make more sense. It's not only one venture, it's um, the person like your your name is behind the product so it's 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 your presence as well right like your name is on stake too is not only money right exactly exactly so you you, you want to responsibly allocate the capital mm. right? mm-hmm. okay okay cool Thank you so much for this lesson. And uh, <laughs> uh, Alex, uh, if someone wants to get in touch with you, where can they find you? Uh, I am on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm on LinkedIn. So I uh, feel free to ping me in those, uh, in those area and I can provide that uh, information uh, in, mm-hmm. in, in the information. Okay. Alex, 
before you go, before we wrap up, one last thing, like, is there anything that you want to share with the entrepreneurs slash founders who want, who wants to start their own business or scale their companies or are in the scaling phase and trying to absorb the knowledge? Like, is there anything that I might not have asked you and should have asked you? Um, I think a couple of parting words would be first for people who are hesitant about starting their own journey. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say, actually, sometimes you just have to get started. Um, there's only so much research you can do. I mean, don't, don't get me wrong. Do the research mm-hmm. for when you can. Um, but a lot of information and knowledge is really gathered when you're part of the journey when you are thinking about a problem 24 seven, when you are talking to people about that problem, about the solution 24 um, seven, that's some of those insights, just, they just don't come to you uh, when you're walk, working on it on the side or part-time, uh, just thinking about it uh, by yourself. So just get started. Sometimes that's the only way for you to really build something substantial. Mm, beautiful, beautiful. Thank you so much, Alex, for your time. Thank you so much for coming to the pod. This means a lot to me. Thank you for having me.